Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Grace to you and peace from him who was and who is and who is to come, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The words of 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at the 54th verse. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Not much was going on Saturday after Jesus' death in Jerusalem. The Romans went back to keeping peace. The Jewish leaders went back to Passover. The local authorities went and probably ruminated over their great victory over an itinerant preacher from Nazareth named Jesus. Took him three days to get rid of the guy, but now he was in the grave, dead and rotting and out of their Jesus, just to be an asterisk in the annals of history, a guy who lived and died, ain't it great? Took a while to bring him down. It took a kangaroo cord. It took all that the powers could muster to, to bring down Jesus. And it sure looked like he was gone and soon to be forgotten. We trace our history back to that time. Our history as Christians goes immediately back to that Holy Week. That's why it becomes so significant for us to, to gather together on Thursday and Friday, to do what we do on Saturday, and then to be here today. Because we celebrate the very unique nature of our Christian faith. Christianity has lots of things that are unique about it. And how about this one? That no other movement in the history of humanity was so sprung on one day. Think about it. Friday, Jesus died. Saturday was quiet. Sunday, it all came down. The text that Micah wrote, Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday and everything was popping. The women at the tomb, Jesus looking at uh, Mary and, and, and Mary going to get Peter and John and Peter and John going. Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Jesus with the disciples around the fire on the lake and the Sea of Galilee. All of a sudden, hundreds and hundreds of people going, he's not dead, he's alive. We have seen him. He hasn't been defeated, he is victorious. And after that Sunday, that one day, that one Sunday after his death, the Christian faith was not only formed, but it had the impetus and the momentum to go all the way around the world. Christianity is unique also because it is the most transformational and the most successful faith tradition in the history of humanity. Everything that Christians touch is touched with the power of the resurrection. And perhaps that's why Paul says, listen, I tell you a mystery. What's that mystery? Perhaps it is that Friday and Saturday were hopeless, but Sunday, in the words of the women and the witness of the disciples, so many saw Jesus and so many were following him that hope gathered around that victory. 
Not just a sense of hope, that there's a little hopeful cloud that maybe will open up and rain on you, but hope, hope, faith that looks forward to the victory of God over death and the grave. What do you hope for? Today is the realization of one of my hopes. When the whole pandemic thing started, writers said, well, the people you have in church today are going to be the only people that will ever come back. And I'm like, oh man, does mean there's going to be 32 of us? It'll be great. I hope we can sing louder than Alex can play the organ. We'll have to see how that works. They were all wrong. What do you hope for? Maybe there are those big, huge things that you hope for and some of those more personal things that you hope for. Maybe your hope is realized this morning as you gather together and worship with your family. Maybe you have a hope for a nice Easter. Maybe you have a hope for a shorter sermon on Easter. Maybe you have a hope for children to be successful in their endeavors in life, in athletics and academics and relating and having friends. Maybe you hope that your job will go well and life will proceed unimpeded, filled with joy. And, and all of those hopes are worthwhile. And yet there's a greater hope. How about this? Do you hope for a clear conscience? And that when you plop your bed, when you plop into your bed at night and you close your eyes, that the only thing there is this deep, resonant peace. The voices of criticism, of guilt, of shame, they all kind of go into the good night. And in the calm of those evenings, this sense of a clean conscience comes over you. Would you hope for peace? Not just peace in the world, but peace in your soul. That somehow the events of your life would be hopefully linked by God's peace. And that good events in our lives would drive us to a, a deep sense of peaceful gratitude turning to our Lord. And painful events would drive a deep resilience inside of us that says, you know what, maybe God is working this yucky thing for my good. And maybe at the end, when it all comes out, I'll be better. Even in the painful things, I'll be better. Well, I've got one more little piece of hope for you this morning. How about the hope of heaven? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Isn't that interesting? It's a great song. Would you hope that at some point, after you've lived a marvelous life and done everything that God has appointed in your life for you to do, that you would close your eyes in Jesus and wake up with him victorious in heaven? Sometimes it's hard to think about that because our lives are really good here. We live in Orange County. There's probably not a better place to live in the world. People, people moving to Texas are finding that out. People moving to Nashville are learning about bugs and humidity and traffic and all that stuff. Good luck moving back. A house you sold for a million two is worth a million eight. There's a bigger hope, not just the good of our lives living here and the good things that we have around us. There's a grander hope, a bigger hope, and that's why we're gathered together today because the hope of Jesus is the hope for eternity. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The longest, the longest chapter in the New Testament is the chapter on resurrection and life. That's the mystery Paul speaks of. 
And the resurrection of Jesus is the seal of God's promise of victory in life. He didn't write a promissory note and we put a copy of it in the bulletins and said, put this on your wall until next Easter. It'll, it'll hold until then. He didn't make a deal and, and sit with Satan on a rock and say, you know what, I'll give you this if you give me that. Rather, God put the chaos, the sin, the death on the back of his son, Jesus. And then Jesus died, but death couldn't hold him down. He rose from the dead and his resurrection brings us that victory over the grave. So I hope for heaven and I hope you do too, because Jesus rose from the dead. Our hope is not in vain. Our hope for peace as well is realized because Jesus rose from the dead. That sting of death is gone. For our Lord Jesus conquered death, and those who die in the Lord abide with Jesus. So hope wins, life wins, Jesus wins, and that victory is ours today through faith in the one who rose from the dead. Amen? Amen. Hope is a good thing. Hope is what our ancestors delivered to us. Our ancestors, the early Christians, the most hopeful people in the history of the world. Other civilizations, other movements, when they faced great adversity, put their heads down and kind of were resigned to their fate, but not Christians. Every time Christians have been called to put their head down and capitulate to a, a greater earthly authority, Christians have put their shoulders back and said, we believe in Jesus because he was victorious over sin and death and the grave. And until you can die and rise from the dead, my primary authority comes from Jesus. Not far from my wife's family farm in rural west central Minnesota are dotted little churches that sprung up. Many of them are Norwegian farmers or German farmers or the homesteaders who did their, did their thing. There's a little Norwegian church in between Starbuck, Minnesota and Hancock, Minnesota on a little road that if, you, if, if you're going 80 miles an hour down, down this road, you're going to miss the church. I was thinking this morning as I was reviewing this, how many of those little sanctuaries of that little church could you fit in here? Man, I would say counting the balcony, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's a little church. There are rocks that came out of fields that put that church together. It's a tiny little sanctuary with a little altar. And now people drive from Glenwood and Starbuck and all around the area to come into that little sanctuary. And to get into the sanctuary, you have to walk through the cemetery. Now, before Jesus rose from the dead, cemeteries were bad places. And it kind of threw the bodies out and didn't really care. Because before Jesus, there was not a profound sense of hope. And as the people go into that little rural church, it's a hopeful walk. There's more people that you walk by in the cemetery than go into the sanctuary, I'm sure. And as people go in, they see the names of their ancestors and they have hope. They see the names of sons or daughters, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, younger people, older people, babies. And they head into their pew to hear the word of life. It's not a morbid walk through death. It's a hopeful walk reminding them that death doesn't win, that Jesus wins and hope abounds.
Our victory is found in Jesus and him alone. There's one more piece to this text that I, I just love. Whenever we install a pastor and they put the hands on top of the pastor like we'll do for Michael one day. There's this little piece, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Two things to do. One, stand firm in the Lord. Nothing within your heart, nothing outside of you can shake you. Stand firm in your hope. Find the rhythm of, of weekly and regular worship so that when you feel like you're moving back, you come into the body of Christ and you say, they got my back, I won't be moved. In the face of political and economic and racial and all sorts of stuff going on, put your feet firmly on the one who gives the victory over the world. Don't be moved. Let nothing move you. Let nothing drain your hope. Paul says, stand firm. And if we think that our times were crazy, you can buy me a nice lunch and I'll explain to you what Paul was writing into and it makes today look like a whole lot of nothing. And secondly, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Stand firm and as you stand firm, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. No compromises, no negotiations. Paul is emphatic. People of hope do things that people who don't have hope would see as foolish. But the things that we do make an impact in the lives of those with whom we live. We care for people without needing to be repaid. We reach out to those with no hope and infect our hearts with the hope that fills us. We have parties for people who would never invite us back to their party. And we rejoice over lost people who have found their way back from death and the grave into faith and life and a hopeful way in Jesus. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And look at your work in your life with a sense of hope. Because whatever is done in Jesus' name is never done in vain. Always, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. On the Saturday after Jesus' death, all was dark and quiet. And then came the victory. Caesar's remembered more for salad dressing than he is anything to do with Jesus. Were it not for the Nicene and the Apostles' Creed, Pontius Pilate would probably appear nowhere. Pilate lost, Caesar lost, the religious leaders lost, Herod and his crew lost, all tossed on the pile of historical losers and given an occasional comment in a history book only and solely as they related to Jesus of Nazareth. But hope sprung forth on Easter Sunday as Jesus was raised from the dead. One day, no hope. The next, you know, you know. And you celebrate that today in the name of Jesus. Amen.